You can't lead the witness. <laughs> Why did you kill Sean? The two of us just appear from the other side of this very tiny bed. Objection. <laughs> Objection. He's leading the witness. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 56. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Hetch. One of these days, I'll let you start an episode without trying to make you laugh <laughs> <laughs> into the countdown. And it's crazy because, like, Hetch will say something ridiculous. I start laughing, and he gets to drink his water. And then I have to start off tilter, off kilter. I get to start off fresh. I'm the professional one of this show. (laughs) We're back and we're here with housekeeping as you expected. So as always, you can listen to us everywhere now, including Amazon. And you can follow us on TikTok for clips or follow us on Twitter to keep up to date on episodes. That's the best way. That's at podcast core. That's C-O-R. And you can send an email to the same name at gmail.com. So go there. Please leave a like, follow, and a short review wherever you listen. Those help us a lot. You know, help us get that discoverability so more people know about the show. Uh, and can catch up on more just like yourself. Uh, and then tell a friend to remember what's important by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. That's such a wholesome cheese line. I can't even be mad. It's so wholesome. <laughs> so we're continuing the trend from our last episode um, which was a part two of the sentinels of light comic and we're still talking about things within that space um, of the sentinels the things related to them the things related to the harrowing the things related to the shadow isles we're still in that space and we're going to talk about a story today as a focus uh, instead of a champion and that story is in search of things lost Yes, and needless to say, we'll well, we'll get it out of the way now. We'll say it now. If you haven't listened to us talking about the Sentinels of Light comic, go back and listen to it. Yeah. It's awesome. This is this is the kind of stuff that I know Ryan and I have been overwhelmingly excited to actually get into. This is really the stuff that made us so excited for this show is talking mm-hmm. about these stories. And the Sentinels of Light does not disappoint as far as being a great story to go into. So check out that episode where we kind of, well, it's two episodes where we break down the Sentinels of Light uh, and just really get into like all of our favorite nerd fantasies. Yeah. And in addition to that, you're also going to want to listen to some champion episodes. So you're not completely lost. Right. So you're going to want to listen to the Akshan episode. This story is based on Akshan and talks about what happens after the incidents in his bio. Um, But it takes place before the incidents that happen within the comic stuff. So you're going to want you're going to want both pieces since the story falls kind of right in the middle uh, between those two. And you're going to want some context from those as well. Another episode you can listen to um, is also like the Lucian and the other characters. If you want a more rounded uh, view of things to get up to this point, it's kind of like we're we're giving you the wholesale here. You're not going to want to cherry pick the stories. The champion (laughs) stuff, we say you can cherry pick, right? When it comes to the stories, you're going to want that foundation to make it make more sense. Yeah. Uh, And 
Evan, like, and weirdly enough, this is uh, this is one of those stories that kind of is being brought up because it helps flesh out the story of both the Sentinels of Light as well as Akshan's story. Because uh, one of the things that we do talk about in that episode and that we're going to talk about right now is that Akshan's stories are really tight as far as time frame goes. Uh, So the comic, The Sentinels of Light, which is one of the newest comics that was dropped by Riot, um, or at least sponsored by Riot. Yeah. um, That The Sentinels of Light takes place immediately after the story that we're going to talk about today. And the story that we're going to talk about today takes place about a week after Akshan's biography. So this is all like super, super tight. Yeah. yeah, and let's hop into it. So, it, Akshan's the more confusing one of them, but the rest of them, yeah, yeah. Go, go listen to the episodes. Go read about it. Check them out. Come back here. We'll talk about it. We'll have fun. Yeah. Now, time to spoil everything. So, where this story starts, <laughs> <laughs> and that's your spoiler warning, <laughs> is we pick up uh, a few weeks after Shadia dies. Um, which is a big spoiler. That's why we kind of wanted to give you the, the lengthy intro. No, 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 no. It, it, it's not even a spoiler yet. They don't know who Shadia is. <laughs> They'll come in after that and then be no like, oh, context. Like, oh, my God, y'all spoiled it for me. <laughs> yeah, Shadia's been dead for a few weeks, and we get um, kind of a view into the scattered mind of Akshan. Um, and he, at the end of his story, was in his rebellious mode where he kind of ditched all of the new teachings that Shadia gave him over their time together um, because of the anger he was feeling and the revenge he was about to seek um, for her death. So what we're getting a view into here is kind of him struggling to remember her, although it's only been a few weeks. Uh, Hetch mentioned how tight of a time frame Akshan's story is. And that means that their relationship was in a short time frame, like from her picking him up off the streets to her eventual death is within a few weeks. And then a few weeks after that, we're here and he's already having an issue remembering like how she looks. Um, He's trying to hoard a bunch of her things or things that remind him of her or what he thinks should remind him of her uh, because there's it gets to the point where he draws a hand like a picture, like a little with crayon or chalk of her and he looks at it and there's like few details and it's kind of generic and he's like this could be anybody yeah uh, uh, sir this is a fantasy world so it is not drawn with crayon oh yes drawn with charcoal on parchment made from papyrus i'm trying to drop our ad come on Crayon, please, Crayola, please, please sponsor us. Sponsor we'll us take before, anything. before we start talking about the rose art drawing. We're so hungry. <laughs> so yeah, he draws his picture and then he gives up and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go for a walk to clear my mind." So he goes for a walk in the streets of Maori, which we've talked about is you know this place that's you know mind your own business, keep to yourself, and go about your business. But you know you're gonna stumble to some trouble here and there. Uh, and he comes across this young girl and she's dirty. We've talked about the street urchin type story and that's how he used to be just kind yeah. of trying to survive. I mean, the, a big reason why his relationship with Shadia is so short and without weakening his position as a champion or as a sentinel of light is that he 
has grew up as the street urchin. He learned all of his survival techniques on the streets, so she didn't have to teach him how to survive. She just had to teach him how to be a sentinel. Um, exactly. And the the town of Maori is very much the street urchin capital. <laughs> like they're all, <laughs> they're all street urchin kids. <laughs> So he sees the girl and sees that she's putting on like this bracelet and it's kind of you, you can imagine the contrast, right? This dirty girl, um, ragged clothes with this bright pearl bracelet shining in the light and she's crying, trying to put it on and he just runs up to her, doesn't think twice and grabs her and he's like, where did you get this from? Obviously, she's shocked, right? She's hardened by the streets, but come on. <laughs> Strange man runs up to you, grabs you and asks you, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> and in a town <laughs> where everyone knows to mind your business. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, needless to say, this kid is um kid's confused. <laughs> yeah, this is how Batman operates and this people is, frown upon him. This is how Batman operates, so she's probably just like, Oh god, my wrist is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so after a while he calms himself down, he's like, All right, let me just talk plainly. How did you come across this? Because obviously you shouldn't have this. And she refuses to tell him, right? Her mouth is sealed. Obviously, he talks to her more. He's like, hey, I need to know where you got this. This is something that was probably that looks important to somebody that I knew. Um, and she says, well, I got it from someone as payment, essentially. Uh, and he coaxed some more information out of her. Turns out they didn't give it to her as payment. She stole it. And she stole it from a warlord whose um, stables she was cleaning. He didn't pay her, so she took her own payment. And in his mind, he's looking at her like, well, it wasn't his to have for you to steal, which is like, all right, Akshan, come on. <laughs> this is a little girl you're talking to. I, it's just, very complex. <laughs> like, we're, we're getting, like, borderline close to victim blaming. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, she she did a job, got stiffed on the paycheck, and now he's getting <laughs> mad at, like, what she took out of the office. Like, um, so it's rough. Now, as far as me, I am the kind of person that likes to go way too crazy on hypotheticals yep. that I ask myself. Yeah. So we... At no point do we ever know more about this girl, all right? We just know that she's a girl that's got a bracelet oh, I that, know he's going. that Akshan recognizes <laughs> uh, to belong to Shadia. Um, and the moment that it's like, oh, a female street urchin, all right? Is this the character that will later become Naja? And Naja is who we know from the card, the Vecaron Vagabond from mm. Legends of Runeterra, which is the 3-3 three, three, uh, for three mana that you, when you summon it, you get a Warlord's Palace or advance it to. Um, is this Naja? Is this, the, like, is this Naja's origin story for Akshan? All right. Because we do get to know that later on, Naja is, appears in... Akshan's little escapades as far as raiding the warlords. Yeah. Now, the only thing that's like that makes me think maybe not is the fact that Akshan's story is just tight. Like everything, the timeline's so tight. So, yeah. like, what is this like an image that we get like five years down the road? He's just still killing warlords. <laughs> like, <laughs> or, or is like the girl that's being depicted here not as little as we think? Who yeah. knows? Yeah, she's referred to as a waif, so it's like you don't really know um, of what age she is. Uh, and then 
being a street archer, you know, you can be any age and still appear um, younger or grimier or older than you are. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the, especially with the grime, it would be hard to like pinpoint an age. But hey, potentially this could be Nadja. This could be how yep. Nadja and Akshan meet. Who knows? And we have yeah, some I, more information towards the end of the story that kind of leads to that. Yeah, that thought I, as well. I am here to ask those questions. And while I'm taking a deep dive for no reason, the bracelet, like what, what is the significance of the bracelet? Is are there any shout outs to the bracelets? Because I don't know if you know this, but one of the most cost efficient items in the game League of Legends is the Kindle gem. So okay. what if this bracelet is made of Kindle gems? It it could hatch. <laughs> digging for the truth tune in tonight at 11 <laughs> exactly <laughs> so this takes us to the part where she finally tells him okay this may not be for your good but it's the devil of the dunes and it's a warlord that is known in the town um or the city and akshan's like i knew who that is okay cool and then she's like, well, you know, just you don't want to get involved with that guy. He's a killer. He's not just your normal, you know, plush living the life warlord. This man gets his hands dirty. And by the time she says it, grapple hook, baby. They never expect it. But <laughs> Sean is off to the wind. They never expect the grapple hook. <laughs> so this takes us to our second part of the story. And it leads to or it begins with Akshan essentially sneaking into the palace or the location or the housing of this warlord. And there's plenty of guards, but they don't matter because they never expect the grapple hook. Um, Akshan sneaks into his room, finds him, massive man, sleeping on a tiny bed. <laughs> uh, but he's passed out. So Akshan kind of looks around the room and he sneaks up on the guy, clamps his hand over his mouth and puts the absolver to his chin. The guy wakes up, obviously in shock, uh, sees Akshan, knows what kind of situation he's in um, because he's aware of who he is. And then he kind of has a calm about him um, as they begin to negotiate, if you want to call it. it like this, this whole scene is just such a perfect example of the kind of nature that Akshan has. Uh, I have it here in my notes as he is the definition of chaotic good. All right. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, yes, he he is g breaking into a warlord's palace. Mm -hmm. So this is a guy that makes his fortune as far as on the dismay of others or on the battlefield. So it's not a wholly good person. Yeah. Um, and then before this, we already know that it's not like someone that we would define as good because they killed an innocent woman in Shadia. And we also know that they underpay their workers. Uh, so. Yeah. As in, don't pay them at all. The workers have to steal for <laughs> their paycheck. Um, so, so it's like, yeah, he's doing a good thing, quote unquote. Like in the story, where we know he's the protagonist, but he's also breaking into a dude's bedroom and putting a gun to their face <laughs> <laughs> with just the words "confess." Yeah. And and what does he feel in the moment of like shoving gun down dude's throat? A sense of calm. <laughs> Akshan, yo, yo, bro. <laughs> For having a master that was all about diplomacy, this isn't it. I don't think he got the message on how diplomacy works. 
I mean, and we know we know that's not his plan. Like that's yeah. it's even on his cards of just like, yeah, the Sentinels have a lot of rules, and the rule I stick to is to get rid of all the ones that say I can't do what I want. <laughs> Very convenient. So he tells the guy, I'm going to remove my hand from your mouth, and you're going to answer the question I'm going to ask. And the guy is calm, he looks at him, and he removes his hand and he asks him, Why did you kill Shadia? Now listen, we're not lawyers. But this line of questioning is very leading. And that's not, you can't lead the witness. <laughs> Why did you kill Sean? The two of us just appear from the other side of this very tiny bed. Objection. <laughs> Objection. He's leading the witness. And the guy's like, I did it. <laughs> So obviously an easy question. Akshan follows up. He's like, hey, well, then how'd you get the bracelets? Because not only did I find this bracelet from that girl that she stole from you, but I looked around your room while you were sleeping and I found four more that look like it. So where did you get it from if this is what she was wearing when she the day she died? Objection, your honor. He did not have a warrant. So this evidence should be dismissed from the court. <laughs> it's inadmissible. <laughs> Confirmed, Akshan, not good with the legal system. Mm. So after he asked him that question about, okay, so all the evidence kind of points towards you being involved in some aspect, the man changes the subject, which is kind of telling. Uh, but he says, you know, I know who you are. I know what you do, and I know what you're looking for, and I know what you've been doing. So what's your plan, right? Like, what are you looking for? What do you want? And Akshan kind of thinks for a bit, looks around the room, removes the absolver from his chin, and he tells him, I want peace. And then he blows him away. <laughs> now, as far as far as us like painting the picture and having way, way too much fun with this, like this this really goes even further into like the chaotic good side of it. Yeah. Because one of one of the things as far as a warlord recognizing Akshan is that the warlord's aware that Akshan has been hunting down other warlords yep. because he believes that if he kills his master's murderer, his master will return to life, which Akshan does know this from the Absolver and what Shadia has taught him. Uh, and a big spoiler as far as for Akshan's biography um, Akshan was the test subject for if the absolver would work yep. because he was killed by some fellow street urchins and Shadia brought him back by killing the, his killer. Mm -hmm. um, so he knows it works. And the guy is like, oh, you're the guy that's trying to bring her back. Do you think this will bring her back? And Akshan even says, nah, nah I <laughs> just want a peace. Kaboom! <laughs> so, Kaboom. Just, like back to that chaotic good of just like, oh, will this achieve my goals? It won't, but I'll feel good for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so he blows him away. Obviously, the commotion brings guards rushing into the room, but as we mentioned before, they never expect the grapple hook and he's gone, right? They find an empty room with no Akshan in it. Um, so this leads us to the third part here where he's back in the streets of Maori. 
and he's disheartened immediately. Like Hetch mentioned, it lasted barely five minutes of peace. Um, he's disheartened. He has all the bracelets and he keeps going in his mind of, he doesn't know exactly what Shadia would say at this moment, but he knows she wouldn't be happy or approve of his actions. So this kind of leads him to her, a statement that pops in his mind, which is a quote from her that's give all and all may live. And that's, you know, we've talked about how hard it is for him to grasp and hold on to any memories of her or things that remind him of her. So that's a big deal. Uh, so following this moment, he returns to where that girl was essentially stationed or like her little hut or whatever you want to call it. And he places the, all the bracelets on top of her sash. And she kind of stirs and wakes up and is half asleep when she sees him. And he tells her, you deserve these. You should have these. She would want you to have these. Uh, and then he follows up with also go ahead and sell them to the guy in the spice market. He'll give you more money than the dude up the street. Right. Because <laughs> he knows he, he, he he's from the streets. He understands. Yeah. like it, it goes back to like being in like a part of that neighborhood is, you know, yeah, everyone keeps to themselves. But, you know, someone that you count within your circle, you're not going to let them get screwed. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really that's really nice uh, about this scene, too, is that we we do get that the little bits of promises that Akshan holds on to uh, or at least like a code um we know from what he says that he has no interest in the sentinel code yeah and the code that he follows is more of the things that Shadia kind of showed to him that is not the same as the code so as far as this one, give all and all may live, it's fitting that this is something that pops into his mind. So even though he's kind of forgetting what Shadia looks like, forgetting what she sounds like, the things that are sticking with him are things that uh, a street urchin would naturally hold on to as far as the values that are being taught from master to pupil, the values that someone that has a good nature would want to hold on to. And I think it's fitting that that's like, you know, yeah, he didn't, didn't bring Shadia back. Doesn't even feel better after what he did, but at the very least he's found a way to keep the memory alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very well said. And we get the ending here, which is, this is a big symbolic part of everything that, you know, we've set up to this point where he turns away from the girl and begins walking and you have the sunrise that's mentioned and he feels this warmth, right? Remember, Sentinels of Light. It's kind of on the nose. And he's starting to remember vividly what Shadia looks like and remember the memories. And everything's coming back to him after this act of kindness, very similar to the act of kindness that Shadia showed him um, in a desperate time in his life. And that's where we're left off. And the importance of this, and this kind of leads into, you know, you know, we do the questions or challenges. We're just going to kind of talk more about our feelings on the story itself. Um, for this episode, but this leads into the importance of the comic episodes that we've mentioned, the part one and part two, because when Lucian comes to visit him or find him while looking for Shadia um, to help with that fight, he talks about how, Lucian, you're weeks late, which is not too far from this point that happened where he's hunting these warlords and this experience, um, and Lucian is kind of a second experience on top of the one he has with this little girl. Um to extend that. So that's why the story is so important, both after what we get from his bio and before what we get during the event. 
um, in a steadfast heart. Yeah. And the, as far as with the, him meeting up with Lucian too, uh, I do enjoy the fact that in this story, um, he still is, it's not put in direct words, but he's still struggling with the use of the absolver. Yeah. Um, so, cause we do know as far as when he actually does fire upon the warlord, like he's already expecting it not to work and it's because it hasn't worked before. So the yep. bringing back Shadia is something that he's already accepted. The time frame is just not there anymore. That's not yep. going to happen. Exactly. But one of the things that is brought up is that when he fires at the warlord, it uh, releases countless bolts of light, which <laughs> we know that the, all the Sentinels of Light weapons, like they they fire in the form of light. So like the light isn't the weird part. It's the countless bolts. Uh, so like, dude is just like, okay, yeah, let me eliminate this one guy. And then just goes mini gun on his face <laughs> at point blank range. Um, and uh, like, a, a, it's a nice little nod as far as to his ultimate in League of Legends, because yep. it is like charging up a bunch of shots and they all fire off. But it also like, as far as just in the story, it gives that vibe of, yeah, he doesn't know how all this works still. And it fits because this is only like three weeks into yeah. his time of being a Sentinel of Light apprentice. And then the full-time Sentinel of Light due to Master passing on. Um, <laughs> and then it's on the heels of this with, because again, not never five minutes to breathe. He goes back home and is like, yo, Lucian, uh, you don't knock before you come in here? Like, <laughs> like what's up with that? Um, and... And then that ultimately leads to um, another spoiler, if not clear yet. Uh, this ultimately leads to Lucian getting ganked by Viego and yeah. Akshan bringing him back. Yeah. Like, well, ganked by one of Viego's wrist, uh, yeah. mm, uh, missed wraiths. I started saying wrist mate. Wrist <laughs> Like I, like my brain, my brain was stuck on it, and then it was like I was like, "That is incorrect." So then I'm Listen, just sitting here going, "It's just uh, an upside down W." Thank so you. So it makes sense. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as one of the final thoughts here, uh, we keep mentioning the tight time frame of Akshan. You know, both when he was revealed as a character, um, both when all of his stories kind of came out as, at once, and him being a pivotal part in the overall Sentinel of Light um, situation. So it stories like this actually have more importance for him than, you know, legacy characters that have a lot of reference or a lot of lore built over a long period of time, um, because you don't want to feel like you're forcing a character into a story. Um, but because of his time frame of everything happening, like within a month, you also want to provide enough details so that, you know, the readers and the fans can get a good sense of how he fits into everything. And the response, from my viewpoint, has been very positive on Akshan across the board in both the card game, um, the uh, League of Legends, and the stories. Uh, because people feel like, okay, he fits in well in the story. It's cool as a bunch of legacy characters, but it's fun to have somebody new uh, to tell a little bit more, right? Yeah. And it also is refreshing 
just because of the fact that like they did that to lead into the Sentinels of Light. Yeah. So then it wasn't just an event of like, here's all of your favorite heroes that randomly become Sentinels of Light. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Like it, if they did that, it would have truly like demeaned the station of Sentinel of Light. Yeah. Because then it's just like, okay, cool. Now it's just a skin. Thanks, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like it actually breathes more life into this because we've always known of Lucian. Then we later got Senna, which kind of brought his story around. But then it's like, yeah, no, they, they were all over Room Terra because the, there's heroines everywhere. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll get into that more soon. So stay very tuned for, soon for, very for another soon. episode uh, when yeah. we talk about how Harrowings play into the overall lore uh, of Runeterra. Uh, but with that, as always, <laughs> thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with the next episode. Take care, everybody.